You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, serving you up quick-hitting news and analysis for Green Bay Packers fans. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, and my name is J.J. Leahy. Gil's a writer for thesportsdaily.com and She's Head TV. And in addition to this podcast, I host the Daily Cheese, Green Bay Packers News Update. We're here to talk Packers because we're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Last week, the Packers won convincingly over the Philadelphia Eagles, outscoring them 30-16. Aaron Rodgers threw his 400th touchdown with only 88 career interceptions, and the Packers won their 800th game, making them the first team in NFL history to reach 800 wins. The Chicago Bears are in second place with 791 wins, and we hear they are working hard on a five-year plan to hit 800 wins themselves. Aaron Rodgers was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week for the 18th time in his career, deservedly so, after going 25 of 34 for 295 yards with three touchdowns and a 128.9 passer rating. We also got Carson Wentz benched, and the last time the Packers sent an Eagles QB to the bench, we won a Super Bowl. That would be Kevin Kolb in Week 1 of 2010, who was replaced by Michael Vick. But let's look ahead to another division rival, Gil. That's right, we are playing the Lions, on the road this Sunday. Yeah, looking forward to that. And and believe it or not, this Sunday we have a chance to clinch the NFC North if we win and the Minnesota Vikings lose in Tampa. I'm kind of trying to weigh in my mind. Do I want the Bucks to lose or the Vikings to lose? Because you kind of can't go wrong either way. Maybe we'll get lucky and they tie. <laughs> you know, I think in the long run, it's better off for the pack if the Vikings actually win that football game, mm-hmm. because, you know, that would still put us up three games with three games to go. And uh, the odds of us losing all three in Minnesota, winning all three are not as good as the odds are of Tampa Bay, uh, you know, running the table and, and ending up challenging Green Bay for for a playoff spot or home field advantage in a game. So uh, I like the idea of keeping the Buccaneers down in the in the rankings. I would love nothing more than to see the Vikings ruin their draft pick even more by getting a wild card slot and then go into the playoffs and knock the Saints out for the third time. <laughs> third time is a charm. <laughs> so the Packers have a history of starting off really slow and sluggish in recent years when they play in Detroit. And actually, the Packers have not won by more than 10 points in Detroit since 2010. The last time we played them, the final score was 42-21, to and that was a game where Kenny Galladay did not play. And this team is night and day different, the offense is, when Galladay is on the field versus when he's not. And looks like he's not going to be playing this week either. He has not practiced all week and um, did a little bit of research, found some articles saying that he's still expected to continue missing time for not really sure how long, but nothing indicating we're going to see him this Sunday. Yeah, and, and that's definitely an advantage for Green Bay. And, and I, I am a little bit concerned coming into this week. You know, we placed three players on the injured reserve this past week. And the one that has me the most concerned, quite honestly, is Raven Green. 
because I don't know if there's anyone else on this roster with his, uh, with the experience that Raven Green has and who has that specific skill set to play that hybrid safety slash inside linebacker position that Mike Pettin loves to utilize so often as Raven Green. Yeah, I heard some speculation that we might see just a true nickel in Kamal Martin. Uh, it would be interesting to see. Uh, Mike Pettin did uh, admit that he potentially is going to have to get a little bit more creative and maybe not use six DBs as much. Um, he said that you know the loss of Raven is going to be a big change uh, to his defense, and he's he is going to have to get creative, and I don't mind that. No, I, I I like the idea of him having to get creative. I think that will be helpful as long as they find a way to make sure that, you know, whatever new strategy or formation or lineup that they use, it has to be effective. And we all know the run defense has been a problem this year, last year, how far back you want to go. And there just seems to be a big difference not not so much in the talent, but in the skill set between Raven Green and Will Redmond. Will Re- Redmond just doesn't have the size and and the same skill set that Raven Green does. And the only other players on the roster are rookies with not a lot of experience. They've got the size, but I- I'm not sure they're necessarily ready for prime time, especially now that we're hitting the stretch drive and then obviously the playoffs, uh, you know, are the rookies ready to step up and get meaningful snaps? Well, there's no question that they need to be ready because there's not other options out there right now. Uh, and next year, a, a guy like Raven Green probably does not see, um, we probably don't see him coming back next year. You look at all the time he has missed, which has been substantial over the last couple of years. Yep. And we do have younger guys on the roster that the Packers are counting on to step up and take the reins. This is a game that could be a good opportunity for them. Um, The Lions offense can be dangerous, but it frequently is not. Um, This is a game where ultimately I don't think you're super concerned about losing the game. But Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback uh, Marvin Jones and um, uh, who's the, the the Patriots guy? Danny Amendola. They're good receivers, mm-hmm. uh, and and they got some good running backs uh, and, and tight ends on this team as well. Especially T.J. Hawkinson. This is a good opportunity for a guy like say Henry Black, who just made the uh, the fifty three man roster, to cut his teeth on some really meaningful snaps against a talented, lethal offense and get some learning opportunities and also prove to his coaches that he is deserving of that roster spot. Yeah, it's it's Henry Black and Vernon Scott. Those are the, the two rookies that are going to have to step up and and step in to that, you know, dime position and it'll be interesting to see a how Mike Pettin and Matt LaFleur divide up the snaps and the formations and then how they respond. And obviously, you know, you talked about uh, trying to defend the tight end. That's been something that the Packers have struggled with a lot in recent years. And TJ Hawkinson, uh, certainly a talented tight end who's capable of doing some damage if the Packers 
uh, let him get loose downfield. And right now, he's leading the Detroit Lions with 52 receptions on the season. Keeping on the defense as well, we're going to have to see the linebackers get more involved. Uh, we got Chris Barnes back um, from uh, the COVID-19 reserve. Um, along with, we also got A.J. Dillon back. But we'll talk about the offense in a minute. But looking at the pass rush, this has been a topic of um, conversation over the past week. It started with Zadarius Smith telling uh, reporters that he, Kenny Clark, and Preston all went and talked to Mike Pettin and asked him to simplify the pass rush. Um, there was a complication, though. <laughs> Preston <laughs> refused to um, verify that that actually happened. Uh, he actually said that he did not um, go talk to Pettin with Zedarius. Um, and he did say that Pettin has an open-door policy and that he has had some one-on-one -on -one conversations with Pettin, but he kind of made it sound like those were initiated by Pettin. There has kind of clearly been um, some butting of heads between Pettin and Z all week. Uh, Pettin commented that there are times when um, he when when Z is going for just a, a straight rush, and Pettin has to um, kind of get on his case. He said that Z quote shakes off signs in a game because he craves simplicity. Uh, it's not something you love to hear. Preston spoke pretty glowingly of. Petten's uh, willingness to listen to players. And to his credit, when Petten was talking about what was going on, going on he did not sound frustrated at all. Uh, he's, you know, very um, cool and collected at all times. Definitely um, seems like a guy who is trying to get everybody to all work together. He spoke um, about the different desires of different um uh, position groups on the defense that um, would like to try different things. He clearly has been adjusting the style of defense he's been calling over recent weeks, and they have been getting some really good results. I mean, just last week against the Eagles, the defense only allowed nine points. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and one of those was kind of a, a fluky surprise touchdown by Jalen Hurts when he first came in the game, and the Packers were clearly kind of reeling and trying to find their footing and figure out, okay, uh, we have to adjust what we're doing because this is a very different style of quarterback here. And he kind of caught them napping. After that touchdown, that that was the end of it. They shut him back down again right away. But the, the, other, the other seven points came from special teams. So I have been very happy with the defense the last few weeks, even going back to the Colts game. Uh, when you look at how much time they spent on the field, constant, you know, the, 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 the offense kept going three and out, three and out, three and out. I have no complaints at all at the effort and execution of the defense in, in comparison to how they're playing earlier this year. No question. They, they've stepped up their game in a lot of ways. And one of the changes that they made uh, against the Eagles, they played a lot more man coverage rather yes. than zone. And I, and I think, you know, you talk about simplifying the defense. The two things that we've been seeing in recent weeks, number one, the pass rush is getting there a lot more. Uh, Kingsley Kiki had a big game last week. Rashawn Gary has been getting pressure on the quarterback a lot in the last three or four games. 
Uh, obviously, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith have been there, and Preston's picked up his game the last couple of weeks. So the pass rush is getting there, and then, you know, when you have Kevin King back in the lineup, the three cornerbacks of Jair Alexander, Kevin King, uh, and Chandon Sullivan, that's a great trio right there. And they can go man-to-man, and better yet, you know, right now, I think they went about 60% man uh, or 55 to 60% against the Eagles. You mix it up like that, you keep opponents guessing, and uh, that that's a pretty promising way to play defense. Again, taking away that little advantage that the offense may have by, you know, trying to surprise the defense and make them hesitate. If you're mixing up zone and man, Maybe you make the offense hesitate a little bit. Hey, credit to you, by the way. Uh, you said on this show last week, your prediction was five sacks at least for the Packers on the Eagles. They got seven. Yeah, yeah, they did well. Uh, really exciting, especially to see how well Rashawn Gary did. Uh, that One of the uh, Kingsley Kiki sacks was clearly caused or, or allowed, made possible by Rashawn Gary's pressure, he basically took out <laughs> took out the blockers, and uh, and then Kiki rushed in there and, and actually got to Wentz. Yeah, no, Rashawn Gary has gotten a lot of pressure, and you know he doesn't necessarily have you know eight ten sacks this year, but when he's been healthy, the first couple of games of the season when he was healthy, uh, I think he got hurt week three in New Orleans. His play fell off a little bit. And then the last three or four games, he has come back with a vengeance. And really, even if he's not getting, you know, eight to 10 sacks so far this year, his pressure rate has really been strong. And as you mentioned, he's helped some other players uh, collect sacks with the pressure that he's created. All those guys should get some good production this week as well. Uh, The Lions offensive line is not the Swiss cheese that the Eagles offensive line is. But this is um, a, a very messy line, missing a lot of key players. Uh, their their right tackle position in particular has just been a disaster. And they probably are without Tyrell Crosby this week, which means, I mean, who do you even put, put in there at, at right tackle? Uh, Odey Abushi? <laughs> I don't know who else you put in there. It's not, They don't really have any other options do, do the, uh, yeah Matt Nelson Matt Nelson played he's he's like the backup uh, left tackle right he he played substantial snaps versus the Bears and he did okay um but the the Bears pass rush has been bad the last few weeks I mean we were all like really excited at how well uh Billy Turner was able to hold down Khalil Mack and I, I'm not taking any way, anything away from Billy but Khalil Mack has not been himself these past few weeks. Why? I don't know. Is it the losing streak? Is he dealing with some injuries? I'm not sure. But Matt Matt Nelson doing well against um, Khalil Mack last week does not actually give me confidence in Matt Nelson. He's He has not been good in his career. No, and overall, the Lions have allowed 33 sacks through 12 games. That's almost three per game. The Eagles were worse. They were averaging almost four sacks allowed per game. But okay, so instead of seven sacks, the Packers can get four or five this week. I think they take that just the same. And, you know, the difference, I guess, is that 
right now, Matthew Stafford is not as haunted by the pass rush as, you know, the Eagles quarterbacks, Carson Wentz. I mean, he's just shell-shocked right now, it looks like. And Stafford is not quite playing at that low of a level uh, as Wentz is. But still, you got to get some pressure on Matthew Stafford. That's definitely going to be one of the keys to this game. The Lions have... Against the Bears, they put up 34. That's by far their best showing in a while. Uh, I know they put up 34 against the Jaguars, who are atrocious. I don't think that they have gotten close to 34 in any other game this year. The Packers are averaging 31 points a game. The Lions put up on some pretty bad defenses. They have done really poorly. 23 points against the Falcons. I mean, that's that's terrible. Zero points against the Panthers. You know, one of the problems that the Lions have had all season long, they struggle to move the football on the ground. And the Packers are going to see an old friend, uh, Adrian Peterson, who has done a lot of damage to the Packers in the past. But obviously, at this stage in his career, he's not the same player we saw when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, fun fact. Adrian Peterson, last week against the Bears, put up back-to-back games with multiple rushing touchdowns for the first time in his career. Don't expect him to do that this week because DeAndre Swift is coming back. Uh, DeAndre Swift clearly is the best uh, running back on the roster. He probably, Swift, let's be honest, is probably going to do really well against us this Sunday. This is a guy we do have to account for. Yeah, no question. And look, DeAndre Swift is averaging 4.7 yards a carry in the 70 carries that he's got. You, you almost have to hope if you're the Packers that he is on a little bit of a play count, that he's not going to be able to get the ball 15, 20 plus times. Uh, and obviously, you know, if you're the Packers, the game plan is to score early and often. And th- this Detroit defense right now, 26th against the pass, 28th in the league against the run, and 28th overall, they are averaging, uh, allowing nearly 400 yards a game, 395 and a half yards a game. The Packers offense should be able to move the football very well. They put 42 points up in week two against uh, the Lions. They should be up there in that range again on Sunday. And if they can score, look, no wind, no rain, no no snow. This is a dome. They're playing indoors uh, with no fans. You got to think Aaron Rodgers should be able to really move the football. And you got to see him drawing the Lions offside at least twice in this game. It's hard to imagine the Packers not putting up 40 plus points this week. Although the Lions offensive line is a lot better than the um, Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. when When you look at their defense, this is the same defense that the Eagles have minus their strong defensive line. This is this is a, a absolutely a pathetic defense, and if the Packers struggle to get something going, as they have so frequently in recent years against uh, Detroit when they play at Detroit, that's going to be disappointing. Uh, Devonte Adams was mic'd up this past week, and he was in the huddle with uh, Rodgers early on in the game. You heard. Roger is talking about momentum and he was he referenced the Bears game from the previous week and said we set the standard last week. We need to play up to that and 
deliver those kinds of results. And they did. It was it was a dominant offensive showing. You really want to see that again this week against the Lions. The Lions were not prepared at all for what hit them uh, in week two. Aaron Jones just absolutely murdered the Lions defense. He is back again, playing healthy, playing at um, a, a high level again after having kind of a slump in the middle of the year. He's back to playing fantastic again. You'd love to see it. I want to see him go off on the Lions and firmly uh, put them in their place. Yeah, and, you know, if you're the Packers, you got to hope that, you know, you've got 24 or more points in in the books at halftime and you, you can start worrying about just, again, all gas, no break, don't let up. And And we've seen that too many times. You know, the fourth quarter against Philadelphia, it was a game for a little while. Uh, after the the punt return for a touchdown and then, you know, the Jalen Hurts first drive for a touchdown, all of a sudden it was a seven-point game before uh, Aaron Jones put it out of reach. But they can't let up. It, it's really been a, a, a theme that has been a problem for this team for a while. And, uh, you know, and the other problem really, and, and we really need to address that, is special teams. The Packers' special teams have struggled we now have, what, two punt returns for a touchdown, a blocked punt that we've allowed, uh, you know, three missed extra points by Mason Crosby. They've got to get this straightened out, and you got to hope Tavon Austin, who is likely to make his debut now that uh, Tyler Irvin is on the injured reserve, uh, you got to hope he can produce something, and more, more so that J.K. Scott and the coverage team can get things straightened out because they can't keep allowing big punt returns and big plays on special teams to undermine the way this team plays. Special teams coordinator, Sean Menenga, who is a guy I have not liked since we brought him in. I was really confused why we hired him and then even more baffled why we brought him back for a second year after running just an absolutely atrocious special teams last year that nearly set some records you don't want to set. He was talking to reporters earlier today. He said on that missed extra point, the problem started with Hunter Bradley's uh, snap. Then the, the hold wasn't right. I'm looking at everything you ask special teams to do. Snap, hold, kick, punt, run down the field and cover, tackle, Catch a, a kickoff or a punt, return, block for the returner. Name one thing, Gil, that the Packers special teams is doing well right now. I think the closest you could possibly come to saying is good is Mason Crosby's kicking. And when your your snap and your um, the, the, the holder uh, aren't doing their jobs right, uh, Good luck to Mason Crosby, but if the hold and the snap aren't right, good luck trying to get that through the goalposts. Yeah, and, you know, here we are, 12 games in the books. Yeah, okay, there was no usual offseason, no preseason, but by now, these are kinks that really should have been worked out a few weeks ago at the latest. We shouldn't be talking about such fundamental, basic aspects of special teams. Oh, they're getting worse week by week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and there are people now who are really questioning J.K. Scott's 
long-term viability with this team. Look, you know what? I'm not asking J.K. Scott to to be the next Chuck Cecil or the or Ronnie Lott or some you know vicious hitting uh, kind of a defender, but he's got to give a better effort than those two embarrassing attempts at tackles that he made well, on those two touchdowns. But, yeah, but the returner should never have gotten that far Absolutely. to begin with. I mean, on on the one in the Eagles game, uh, Jalen Rager dropped the ball, then picked it up and then ran it back for a touchdown. Um, Menenga, or um, actually it wasn't Menenga, it was LaFleur, said that uh, the gunner got on the wrong side of the uh, of Rager. Uh, he was supposed to be, I believe, on his left, and instead he was on the right. And then, yeah, everybody is focused on J.K. I really couldn't care less, actually, about J.K. and his uh, tackling attempts on those returns. That's what everybody else is there to do is to prevent it from even getting that far. Not everybody is Pat McAfee making these uh, crazy tackles and, and, you know, breaking necks out there. And Meninga said today, look, JK does have to punt better. He needs to be punting, you know, over into the corner and not these kind of short line drive punts in situations where that's not what's being called for. But everybody else is not doing their job. God forbid any team tries an on-site kick against us. I mean, seriously, but what are the odds that we can prevent them from recovering that? You have had to listen to me whine about special teams ever since the Tampa game when we lost Tyler Irvin, and I said, just wait until teams realize that we can't return, and then they're going to start punting to the inside the five every single chance they get. They will stop trying to take the touchback. It took, it took a while, but you look at the Colts game, man, I mean, every single time the... Packers offense and the Packers defense, every time they had to take the field, they were in horrible position. The The special teams are a massive liability right now. Yeah, it, it's a bad situation. Now, look, in, in Menanga's defense, there is a lot of turnover on a week-to-week basis this year with the expanded sure. practice squad and with COVID and all of these different issues. But at the end of the day they have got to be teaching these guys what to do. And by week 12 or game 12, this should have been second nature for most of these guys. And unfortunately it's not. Yes. There are excuses with the weird year and injuries and stuff. 32 teams in this league are not all having these kinds of struggles. Uh, Only the chargers are in the same tier as we are when it comes to special teams. And thank God we are better than the chargers on special teams. <laughs> Here's our keys to winning this football game. Like you said, get pressure on Stafford. This is a terrible offensive line. Our pass rush needs to take advantage of that. Don't let Stafford get comfortable. They are missing Kenny Galladay. So their passing game should be severely hindered. Don't allow Stafford to be comfortable and pick you apart. We have to shut down the run. DeAndre Swift is good. We have faced a lot better even just this year. You need to shut him down. Special teams cannot be the liability that they have been for every week out of the last four, except for the Bears game. Needs to be giving the Packers a, a better field position. Cannot be giving up points. If you do nothing at all, nothing else, don't give up points on special teams. Lastly, they need to they need to come out hot and put up points early on. They can't be playing from behind like they have been the last few times that they have gone down to Detroit. 
Uh, I mean, even at home against uh, Detroit this year and last year, Detroit was able to get out to an early lead. Don't give them that advantage. Keep that momentum that you have had for the last few weeks. We're getting into the home stretch now. It's time to stay hot, stay focused, play your best weeks of football here. Try and wrap up the number one seed first round by home field advantage. That is going to count for so much this year. It's got to start this Sunday against the Lions. It does. And look, the offense just has to do what the offense has been doing almost all season. And to me, one of the more impressive statistics that I see is that through 12 games, Aaron Rodgers has had a quarterback rating of over 100 in 11 of those 12 games. The only exception, obviously, the loss in Tampa Bay. Well, Rodgers, one of the greatest ever to do it. And this week he is going to be facing... Daryl Bevel, who is the interim head coach for the Lions. Bevel was um, around in Green Bay, uh, Rogers' rookie year. I believe he was no longer the quarterback's coach. I think he was the passing game coordinator that year. Yeah. But Rogers said earlier this week that Bevel was one of the guys who really invested some time and energy into rookie Rogers and helped him to relax his stance and his uh, get his throwing uh, motion a lot more natural. I, I don't I don't have anything against Daryl Bevel. I think he's a good coach. I don't think that this is the magic bullet here for the Lions. They did beat a struggling Bears team last week. Their defense is a massive liability here. They allowed 30 points to the Bears. <laughs> and let's not pretend that Daryl Bevel has not been running the Matt Patricia offense for the last couple of years here. Last week against the Bears, you did see some different decision-making, particularly there was much more urgency in the fourth quarter, something you never, ever saw under Patricia. They lost so many games where they had a fourth quarter lead. You did see a difference there last week with Bevel in charge. I'm going to go ahead and give him some credit for his decision-making and play-calling at the end there. But I think more than anything, you saw the players stepping up. Yeah, it, you clear the air. The The old coach wasn't doing so well. Everybody got fed up. They lost confidence in the old coach. You bring in somebody new, and it's like everybody exhales. The pressure is off to a certain extent, and everyone sort of rededicates themselves. Well, And they want to prove that they're not the problem, that it was the coach who was the problem. Exactly. But that, you know, look, at the end of the day— Bad teams tend to stay bad teams, and you may get a game or two where there's a little emotional lift, but look, on paper, and again, they don't play the games on paper, but on paper, the Lions should not be in the Packers' league. All right, Gil, real quick, debate topic for this week. Should Jordan Love play a game before the season is over? Ah, boy, you know, I I am going to say, yes, he should but only if the circumstances are right. I don't think, you know, if the Packers have clinched or are locked into, let's say, the one seed or the two seed, and when they know nothing is at stake, let's say, in the season finale, would I put Jordan Love in for a quarter, let's say the fourth quarter of the game, or if the Packers are way ahead or way behind? Uh, yeah, but if the game has any real meaning, I don't think we see much of him at all, and I think that would be the proper way to go about it. Well, the final game of our regular season is the Bears. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could stomach, and I don't know if you 
should put Jordan Love into a position <laughs> where his first appearance is an opportunity to lose it to the Bears. Also, you got Tim Boyle, who has been a phenomenal backup, very supportive, very hardworking guy for two years now. This is a guy who knows the Packers offense in and out. I mean, we saw in training camp, and this is not a knock on love because I don't I don't expect him to be great his rookie season, especially when there's no offseason. But the difference we saw on film between Tim Boyle and Jordan Love, their throwing motion and their accuracy, Boyle has veteran experience that you cannot put a price on. To me, the counter to that is if we know Tim Boyle won't be back next year, you know, there's a little bit more responsibility to get, let the rookie who is going to be there next year and who is, in theory, at least the future uh, at the position to get his feet wet a little bit and see what he could do. You know, if there's a top seat on the line or or an important situation going on, it probably is not wise to put a raw rookie in there like that. Folks, head over to Twitter. We are going to post a poll here. We want you to vote on who you think won the debate. We have a blast doing this every week. This is a just a fun, lighthearted question this week. Go ahead and uh, check us out at Gil Packers or at JJ Leahy. We're both going to pin that poll at the top of our Twitter bios. Please take a vote. And uh, that does it for this week. We will see you right back here next week to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, looking forward to that. Absolutely. Before we close out, Gil, give me a prediction for this Packers-Lions game. I think the Packers will win this one. I don't think it'll be that close. I'm looking at uh, 38-20 to 20 Packers. Mm, that's really close to mine as well. I'm going to go a little bit higher on both ends. I think that the Packers do get over that 40 mark. I'm seeing about uh, 43 to 28. I think the Lions are going to put up some points, especially in the first half, and make it a little bit of a closer game than they did last time. All right, we'll see. Again, check us out. Follow us on Twitter to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. We will happily answer right here on the show. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Dot com.